0: And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando up here on the beautiful Smith River, up here in the great state of Jefferson, where freedom is still reigning supreme. I <laughs> Right, Bear, I think? Yeah. I was just snowboarding at Mount Ashland this weekend, and I saw a couple people wearing state of Jefferson sweatshirts on the slopes. It was pretty epic, actually. Um, but yeah, I took the fam up there, and I was uh, under that great, majestic Mount Shasta, and Actually had an amazing weekend. I feel like uh Saint germain was with us bear. It was just uh it was pretty amazing. Uh the boys finally kind of like got a ski ski legit and they've caught the ski bug. And uh I think we're gonna be definitely doing it a lot more and love to get you you yeah, up there the, all
1: uh <laughs> hopefully I can join you up there pretty soon. Uh I woke up free this morning. I don't know about anybody else, but uh you know, last time I looked, nothing's changed, so uh maybe we can talk about what freedom means a little bit and uh good segues through sports and and uh medicine today, so I'm looking forward to this, but go ahead, do your thing, Mike.
0: yeah, no, we've got Dr. Tommy John on today, super pumped on this. Bear and I are both jocks ex jocks and sports fanatics. Well, baseball was our I would say my favorite sport to watch as a kid, and uh bear I think would agree. So this is exciting having Dr. Tommy John on, who of course the son of the famous baseball player uh, was the what they call him the Bionic Man, I think Tommy John, who yeah. um, who's just a phenom- has had a phenomenal career and who I was lucky enough to see play in 1985 when I was seven years old at Angel Stadium. Um, but yeah, we're, so, we're this is going to be a great show. Um, Excited for everything going on with Alpha Vedic right now, uh, guys. Thanks so much for everybody. All the support. There's so much going on. We're going to be in Anarchapoco this year. Bears speaking on the health and wellness uh, virtual stage with with like Dell Big Trees there. Our, our friend Andy Kaufman, um, Dr. Batar. Uh, that's going to be a really powerful uh, summit. We're excited to be there. We'll have a virtual booth there. So um, come on by with your little avatar and see us. Um, I'll be there and we'll have the whole AV crew. Hopefully we're going to have a new shirt design too uh, by that time bearer uh, to offer to fans of the, of Alpha Vedic. So um, if you're new to Alpha Vedic, you can find er- out everything about us at alphavedic.com. That's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. And of course, our telegram group is an amazing way to get involved t.me forward slash alpha vedic. Uh, I was just on an amazing show on was Sayer G's podcast or his show on Friday with Jason, one of the co-founders of our new crypto project called Cordal, uh, that we've been pumping. We've had Jason on actually AlphaCast twice. John McAfee was on there once with us. Um, This is uh, really exciting because it's finally like happening. We feel it. People are seeing the vision. Um, I just got hit hit up by David Avocado Wolf. I guess we're going to go on with him on Thursday. To talk about it, so um, it's happening, and uh, I mean so much. Bear, you're you're doing going on with like international doctors panel in Europe, talking about cornholio. That's what got kick- us kicked off YT last week, but we're back on streaming on YT right now. So, um and we can talk about that censorship a bit today because we're with Dr. Tommy, who knows all about it, and who's been just a powerful force on Instagram, not only. Um, are you an amazing Cairo, but you do an amazing impersonation of Matthew McConaughey, which I oh, love. And that's <laughs> actually like, I think someone first shared that with me. I, so we're in this, we're in a group, we're all in this like private telegram group, free thrinkers, yeah. And, and that's really where I first came across you. Um, and, uh, but then the Instagram, I, you know, I left Instagram, but when I was on it, I loved watching your videos. So do we
1: get to see that today.
0: Um, we could try. If, yeah, I could figure that I'd do a little screen share because or maybe you could just do it live, Tommy, because you do an, an an amazing job. And Matthew McConaughey has actually been kind of impressing me of late. So um, yeah, Dr. Tommy John is a Uh, Well, he's a performance coach and healer and a leading unapologetic voice across the globe in the medical freedom movement of today. A former professional athlete and published author with three degrees following his name. Dr. Tommy is both scholar and teacher, patient and healer, private and general. He owns and operates the Dr. Tommy John Performance and Healing Center in San Diego. And with over 20 years of clinical experience, he's impacted countless lives with his proven way to live, utilizing the eight essentials to performance and healing, a system for harnessing action steps to adapt and thrive in this lifetime. At the core of this work, his patients relearn what it is to be truly sovereign and free within their bodies. Forgiven these liberties, the body self-heals, regenerates, and holds the power to cure itself from anything to actualize any vision, dream, or desire. But we must be free. So, so crucial. With body sovereignty at the heart of his life's work, in 2020, Dr. Tommy became a founding member of Health Freedom for Humanity. Here, he continues to fight for the inalienable right for all to live free and thrive. It's time the authenticity of humanity became popular. Isn't that weird that that's time for that? You think that would be like inert, right? Right. I stand for bodily freedom when it comes to health and medical intervention. Dr. Tommy John, uh, Bear Lando, this is gonna be a fun show.
2: Yeah. You know, Dr. Tommy John, Tommy, that's able, uh doctor, Dr. Tommy John not able to make it, <laughs> but, uh, we got Matthew McConaughey here. And if you want me to take my shirt off, I can, if you want me to wet my hair, I can, if you want me to give a little green light, red light, I can do that too. <laughs>
0: that's awesome <laughs> boom 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 the best boom, i got boom, boom.
2: yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bear, bears on the other end like what is going on
0: i've actually got a remix because i know hey, this
1: I, is <laughs> this is awesome dude i've got, i've been a, i've been uh a, a, awesome to have you here buddy i've been an <laughs> underground brother oh,
0: yeah yeah i've been an underground house dj forever tommy actually one of the things i do and i've actually got an i got i'll send it to you i've got this like incredible dance remix of that Mm -hmm -hmm. believe it or not this producer friend of mine made a a track out of that and it's actually really good but um dude you do you do that incredible
2: job at that (laughs) Who, who who inspired me so i messed around with it with a friend of mine natani boudreau and she's like, you have to do videos of that and i'm like Okay. Well, maybe, I don't know. And then I was on with Pete Evans. I was on his podcast and then he goes, "You look like Matthew McConaughey." Is Matthew McConaughey here today? And he made me he drew me out and I did a couple. He's like, "Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Post do a video and of you asking Fauci questions and I'll post it. I'll repost it." And then I did like four or five of them. So, yeah. I got to get back on that. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, it's it's great. You do a great job of that. Thanks. Yeah, Barry. You can
1: have a great uh, new career in stand-up anytime. (laughs) (laughs) I think we have have a pretty good, uh... (laughs) yeah. So Tommy, uh, great to have you today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this. You know, I'm I'm kind of biased towards jocks uh, being an old one myself because yeah. I believe we have a very unique perspective on life. And until you played sports at a high level, you know, it's it automatically puts you in a very special club. Uh, if you don't mind today, I'm going to live kind of vicariously through your experience because I have two frustrations in life. I'm a frustrated baseball player. And I'm also a frustrated sports medicine specialist. Those were my two original intentions in life. Um, for some reason, I made the, the choice to follow football and give up uh, uh, baseball. And, and then the, the same thing happened in, in medicine, different trainings took me in different directions. So it took me out of that loop. Every once in a while, when I got in the athletes, it, needed help orthopedically. I loved it. You know, they weren't sick and dying and all that. So it was awesome. Uh, proof of the pudding in that baseball was really the focus of a great deal. The first part of my life, you know, I played football for a lot longer, but I never kept a football helmet. Uh, but I've always hung on to my baseball. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm a baseball player at heart, uh, but I kind of ate myself and lifted weights out of, uh, being a good baseball player, so I ruined myself forever. But I played intramurals in college and everything while I was, you know, on a scholarship for football. So hey, this is going to be fun. And you know, Mike and I were talking before the, uh, you know, the episode today, and we're saying, be kind of neat to look at societal issues today through a sports lens, because sports is really a little microcosm of everything that's going on today. And I can't even watch sports anymore, unfortunately. But anyway, hey, take it away. Uh, anything you'd like to get into. Also, um, I think you're a surfer. And, uh, you know, I've had a, quite a lifelong surfing addiction. So, uh, you know, move to the islands, you know, just to satisfy that. So if you want to go there too, uh, anything that's fun for you.
2: Sounds good. <clears throat>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, no. I mean, basically like did you watch the Super Bowl?
2: So here's the thing. <laughs> I'm I can't even believe they they had a Super Bowl, right? Like like the fact that they even had one. We all know. Like like real pandemics don't have Super Bowls. Okay. But I was kiss I wanted to see what the propaganda action was like. I, I just wanted to see, not that I go, I don't do deep dive into too much deep state stuff. Cause I think I'd vomit more than I'd want to. Um, but what I just want to be aware of certain things. And so uh, I'm also a Tom Brady fan. I, I just, I love uh, what he's done that whole thing. Now he's, there is no age. Age means absolutely nothing clearly, but just, The propaganda, the messages, the, you know, it takes all of us, the word vaccination in the, in the commercial breaks, the commercials. I I was just like, my God, just what we're up against and what, what the other side, what they're just, what's going on. The half show, the, all the people dying with the masks and all that. I was just like, okay, okay. This is, this is about as bad as I've ever seen, in addition to whatever we've led up to this point, like this is the forces that we're up against. I'm good. I may not watch sports again. Like I I just may not participate in anything. I mean, there's a lot. We're not going to participate in anymore moving forward, but I think sports is one of them.
0: Yeah. Um, I was telling bear this. We almost hit an alpha cast on professional sports two years ago, how I was like, it's basically, It's like days of our lives for grown men, right? Or it's like, it's like basically, you know, it's not real sports, like pro sports I'm talking about versus like, you know, I'll go watch kids play baseball all, you know, if they allow that ever again, like I, I love, we love athletics, but professional sports, the corporatization of it, it's just become so gross. I mean, it's been going this way for a long time. The money aspect, the, you know, the, the ridiculous nature of it all. But I, this was so I hadn't watched one NFL game all year. And I used to, you know, five years ago, sit all Sunday. And I look back at these times and go, why did I do this? Sit and watch all yeah. the games, you know, fantasy football. I was really into. Uh, and then when you break out of that spell and I went and watched. So we were snowboarding and I got back for the second half and was watching because Bre- uh, Bear and I are Brady fans too. Uh sure. big, big Brady fans. I used to I used to not stand. I couldn't stand the guy, but now I love him. And, um, and I'm a, I was a giant New York giants fan. So, um, but anyways, I was just like talking to my wife while I was on, I was like, am I just this out of touch? Does this just feel gross? Like everything about this entire situation from the weird commercials to the announcers to the whole, um, I guess the mainstream American culture that the corporate culture just feels gross. Yeah. And sports is all part of that too. It just feels gross. Wild yeah. man,
2: I uh, my dad. So, dude, my dad has not watched a baseball game in a dozen years, 15 years. That's Tommy John wow. hasn't watched a baseball game, like, he sensed it a while ago. I can't stand the way it is now, where it's corporate. I love the preparation, I love some of the injury setback. I love guys coming back when they actually have this, they have to find that passion, uh, bigger than a contract but it's uh, agents have taken it over. Mm-hmm. Um, endorsements have taken it over. It's no longer the purity of the sport. And I'd even go a step further that youth sports, I released a book in 2018. There's youth sports injury epidemics, youth sports industry, sports industry, $17 billion. That's more than the NFL. So they're pimping out kids that you go to a kid's game and it's not. Do you want to know where sports really exists? It's bear surfing on the wave <laughs> or it's pickup. It's pickup games in the alley. know what i mean that's that's where the pure sport lies now we've corporate corporatized everything like everybody is a commodity now even the even the 10 year old yeah it's uh yeah
1: uh, to this day you know i have the best memories in sports being out you know just with my buddies playing sandlot you know we had some good athletes you know where i grew up uh dan fouts from the san diego chargers was our mm -hmm. quarterback in you know high school we played cyo basketball together And, uh, you know, we were out in the dirt, you know, drawing plays and everything It was really old school. And, and, you know, we just had a ball. Uh, Let me ask you, Tommy, um, what your experience in sports was, because when I was playing, you know, at that level of sports, it was like the it was like the original melting pot, you know, it was more than just integrated but nobody saw race, Uh, nobody, you know, that stuff didn't exist. Uh, You know, my roommate, you know, is president of the Black Student Union. And, and, uh, you know, all of us years later, are still friends, raised our families together. And uh, there just wasn't any problem. We used to, you know, just like jocks doing the the locker room, we're just like pretty irreverent with each other and just, uh, you know, made each other laugh. And, and uh, now all of a sudden, we have all these issues that didn't exist in my experience and you know i still talk to some of my old friends you know i played ball with and we're all shaking our heads together and saying what's this about so uh did you have any kind of different experience when you were playing
2: yeah so i was a multi-sport athlete as early as i could imagine you know, I was outside all day, every day. Uh, we played two hand touch when it was football season and we played pickup basketball when it was basketball season. We played wiffle ball and baseball when it was baseball season. And then the summer, and we went to the pool and we played tennis. We played manhunt. We had, you know, we were outside all the time. Um, I was not good at all in anything until way later in high school. <laughs> so I had the name Tommy John and I was not good at baseball. Uh, <laughs> until my senior year but I kept working because I knew I would be well now everybody tries to get the greatest 10 year old and you do get great 10 year olds but then you have these broken 14 15 16 year olds so I was uh I peaked my senior year of high school where I was the Gatorade state player of the year after having not been anything for my entire life and then my senior year Gator, the best player in the state of Minnesota okay And then I got a scholarship and went to Furman University and I was a middle infielder and pitcher. That's another thing that's changed. I chose Furman because they were going to let me play middle infield and pitch. So on game Saturday, doubleheader Saturday, I started second base in the first game and then started pitching the second game. That's not done anymore because nobody can handle the workload because we've devolved so radically over the last 20, 30 years and nobody can handle anything. So now you go, one of my biggest dreams come true Was after my freshman year, I got um, I got the call to play in the Cape Cod League. And that was one of my that was one of my dreams of all time was to be one of the considered one of the best players in the nation from the college ranking to play the best. Now, here's the shit of it, guys. I was uh, I was playing somewhere before the Cape called me and I had just an achy shoulder. We all have achy shoulders. Stuff happens. But what do we do in America? We go get tests to make sure everything's okay. And I'm not saying, you, you pick and choose your tests, that's fine, but we can we can overanalyze at times and there's a risk. So now they do a dye injection into my shoulder, the arthrogram. Now, tests come back, I'm totally fine. It's, it's basically tired shoulder. I mean, you can call it just call it whatever, it's just tired <laughs> and it's healing actually. Um, inflammation of the tendon. Okay. So the tendon's healing. All right, cool. But I got an infection, a staph infection from that, that arthrogram. Now my socket swelled up. I had pus. I had an immune response. I had 105 degree fever. I had to be on IV antibiotics for a month after that, the infection ate away to survive me ate away my shoulder to keep it to the shoulder. So it wouldn't go systemic. Pretty brilliant actually. But I, I, had not come back from that. It took me three years to finally come back from that. And I played two years of pro ball, but I was not the same. And it was the, the rehab protocols and everything else were an absolute disaster and a joke um, back then. So had I had my own profession now and the way I go about things now, it might've been a little different considering everything regenerates. But uh, back then I got a dose of what the medical community can cause and then what they can save. So they created wow. this environment and then they also saved my life, you know, with the emergency care. So it was like, damn. And then I got my first taste of uh, of physical therapy and everything else. But I, I, I had four years of college. I had two years of independent professional baseball as a pitcher. Um, and then it was good. I was I was done. But again, what's going on then with what's going on now? Now, guys have like recruiting you know, businesses where they make videos of you and you're awful. All they're doing is just dressing up piles of shit. Like the kids are the kids are still bad, but now they've spent three to five thousand dollars to advertise how bad you are. And everyone's making a, a living off of the ones who are going to college are still the ones who went to college twenty years ago. The best. The 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 best ones. <laughs> the ones who who kind of figured it out. We're not, we're not we we've tried to like make everything available to everybody. And it's just, it's just, you know, some of you aren't, that aren't going to play college. Some of you are not going to play pro. That doesn't mean stop playing, but it doesn't, it's just not for everyone. And that's just changed. Now there's billions of dollars to be made in trying to sell this dream. That's just not for everyone. And it's not yeah. to say, don't try, but you got to understand the reality of the rarity of being college one and then pro and then elite pro like, Holy crap, There, there is another level of human.
0: Wow, there's so much to unpack right there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. first of all, the iotrogenic issue, right? Yeah. You just went through yeah. a microcosm of what Western medicine is, right? which is problem, reaction, solution, which right. is a lot of times the problem created by the very system that's trying to heal you and then right. they go oh, we got the perfect you know yeah emergency uh healing um situation and bear can talk about this forever we're good at that we're good at fixing yeah. the problems we create but i have no concept or understanding how the body actually works or what diseases and all that wow that isn't a crazy story dude yeah wild but you
1: know and, and you know I'll... um <laughs> go ahead bear Now, I was just going to comment, you know, a big part of the problem is, you know, I did see some high level athletes, you know, in my clinic, even though it was more about chronic degenerative, uh, you know, clients. And um, they're always under a time crunch because it was money. And they come in with a particular problem. And I detail it out. You know, I'm a kinesiology diplomate and had a lot of, you know, good orthopedic background. And we get in there and say, yeah, we can fix this, but it's going to take a little time. You're going to have to do this or say, hey, I got to get back out in the field. Otherwise, I'm going to lose contract. And so basically, it boils down to money. And so they opt for really stupid stuff that in the long run, they're going to lose a lot of money because it cuts their career short. But they're worried about falling out of favor in the short term. So, you know, that's the situation sports is in right now. It's all about
2: money. Yeah, the NFL. So we my brother in law is the longest tenured Chicago Bear of all time. He's Patrick Manley. He was a long snapper. So while I was in Chicago for 14 years, a lot of the clientele we had were Chicago Bears, and the NFL was one of the most grotesque. I mean, they'd come in Monday and have to be ready by Sunday, with some some of the most gnarly soft tissue stuff you've ever seen. You know, and it was one of those things. Okay, plus they're giving them a little Manila packet of uh, you know cocktail of narcotics and and some other stuff, and shooting toradol in their ass right before a game, and then they'd slam two Red Bulls because the toradol would make them drowsy. And then wondering why they're, you know, they're dipping out when they're, when they're after their career. So it was hard to, to address the holistic, but um, it was one of those things that that was one of the most unfair environments for the human to heal. in. Yeah, uh, you know, it was professional sports with that level of, of, uh, yeah. you know, money. Yeah.
1: I, I had an experience early on in college. Uh, you know, I was, I was starting in college uh, early on and um I sprained an ankle, really bad ankle spray. So I could hardly walk on it. And so I just one day practice, I like wave my hand, you know, no moss. And the coach (laughs) just said, you know, I go over and he goes, well, okay. You know, I guess Craighead's going to have to take your position. And, you know, the message was loud and clear. So I went out there. So the rest of the season before every game, you know, of course, they put an entire cast on it, you know, tape it. But before that, they'd shoot it up. That would kind of, you know, kind of sedate me systemically even right, then they give right. me beaners to get me you know <laughs> back up you know so I just remember after those games I'd be in the shower in the locker room and I'm just like my whole body shaking and my eyes are like this and I made it through the game fortunately you know it healed in the offseason I never went through that again but that sucked to have to go through all that and I could have done permanent damage to my body forever
2: right right scary
1: Someone's saying in chat here that the NFL was
0: actually created by the skull and bones. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that Walter, makes sense. Walter camp. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, yeah. I mean, it, you go down the esoteric, you see all sorts of weird symbolism and stuff with it. And, sure. Um, yeah, it's a uh, professional sports is a trip, man. Like the whole Kobe Bryant thing. Yeah. Um, I was saying like when that, and I was a Kobe Bryant fan and yeah. I, you know, I grew up as a Lakers fan and growing up in SoCal and I, I always liked Kobe, you know, I know he had some weird stuff in the past and then, you know, <laughs> but that whole thing with him uh, with the crash and everything and, and his supposed death. And I don't know, some people say he's not dead, whatever, but right. that was like the start of, that's what initiated the new whole paradigm that we're in now. If you go back and look in 2020, it was that crash and all of a sudden, then the NBA shut down and then the MLB came out and all the professional sports, if you remember, they were the ones that kind of led the new, this is the new normal. They use sports in that way, but there's a lot of weird stuff and I guess actually um, today, they're coming out with the, um, the uh, I forgot the federal agency that's actually doing their final report on the Kobe Bryant crash today. Um, so that's supposed to be live today. They're going to actually do their, their whole investigations done. But it's a trip, all the esoteric, weird, occult stuff that's attached to sports. Yeah. Um, did your dad have any weird feelings of, like when he was playing?
2: Like, did he see any creepy stuff or, so, I mean? Yeah, so here's the thing with my dad. He has no point of view about what's going on now. So, sorry, sorry, sorry. Somebody calling in. Hold on. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, right. you're here. Somebody was calling in. So he has no point of view about. My dad's a very simple man. He he has a single-minded focus, and everything else just doesn't. He doesn't even play it in. And and I've never seen, I've never seen or met somebody. Did you guys see Free Solo? Did you see Free Solo? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember?
0: Love that movie, actually. They,
2: they almost talked about how he almost had Asperger's because mm-hmm. he was so Okay. So as if something's wrong with him. Or it took that kind of personality to do what he did. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like path- he had a little bit
0: of a, a screw loose or some kind of almost not psychopathic, but to be able to just like focus in that way
2: and risk your life. Like to that be was in that. that. One. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, he had a hard time even compartmentalizing a relationship, right? Yeah, and then he got right. injured right after he started the relationship. I lo- I saw that, sh- that movie and I'm like, that's my dad. Like, if you talk to my dad socially, he's a like, trip. He- he's like, oh my, but if you get into it, you're like, does he care about anything? Does-, does he have any other, no. And what's great is he just doesn't have a care in the world. But when it was baseball, it was baseball. That's it. All he wanted to do was to be the best pitcher he could be and compete against the best athletes forever that's all he would have guys if he could have if he could have defended himself and somebody would have given him a job he would have pitched for steak he would have pitched for that's all he wanted to yeah. do so when you ask that question he he wasn't social he wasn't I mean he just like what do I need to do to go out there every five days? and be the best person that I could be and if I can't I'm gonna figure out how to do it better the next time that was it and then when that ended not a care in the world after which is which is kind of cool to like have that life to just have nothing bother you you know what I mean but that that's pretty close so there was a lot of drugs back then right but it was like cocaine in the bullpens um you know studio 54 type stuff um but not, not not he never even observed to know what the huddles in the bathroom were all about you know what i yeah. mean or he would never even be in the bathroom like that's the thing
0: yeah 70s baseball is pretty sweet that was like when the dude threw the no hitter whatever on acid right On
2: acid yeah.
0: and they would do all the pranks in the dugouts lighting people's shoelaces yeah. on fire and like that was baseball right yeah. that was like yeah. Um, Billy Ripken with the FU on his
1: bat and whatever like you know
0: that was that was that like
1: was the, a, <laughs> pre-corporate the different that was a different era I played in the boys will be boys era myself so um, it was just a, a natural duty of one of the assistant coaches to go bail us out of jail you know, regularly. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, all the things that we used to do back then the team would have been on permanent suspension these days and all over ESPN. And, you know, but back then it it was different, but it was fun. We had fun. You know, Mike, you brought up the whole occult side of the NFL. I, I don't have much information on that, but of course, everybody's seen on any given Sunday, Oliver Stone, he more than uh, uh, kind of connected to that whole thing. Oh god, I ha- I should watch that movie that's
0: again. Good call. Been, that's been Pacino. A long
2: time. Pacino, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's right. I forgot about that movie. That's worth that's uh putting that on the AV movie list to watch uh, again. And- oh yeah, the
1: the the uniforms were the Knights Templar, you know, and I mean it got deep into all sorts of stuff and it was oh, really wow. right on with a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. Huh.
0: Oliver Stone knows, I mean, obviously to the JFK movie and and I feel like he's tapped in, but he's gone like all Russia and stuff. He's uh, he's gone kind of, and he's fully gone under, he got vaccinated in Russia, supposedly. Oh,
2: wow. So uh, I've talked to his son. I want to have his son on the podcast, Sean. Yeah. Have you you heard? Yeah.
0: What up? Sean went all Muslim for a while. Do you know what's up with that? Like he's an interesting cat.
2: Yeah. I just want to deep dive and just pick his brain. You know yeah. what I mean? And just kind of see what he thinks about all this stuff.
0: Yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so I mean, it's just been I so I didn't I I didn't I didn't catch the halftime show. I know it was like super creepy. Um, and I heard Biden coming out and saying everybody get the V, and and yeah. I mean it's literally like out of V that movie V, um, that yeah. series the 80s when there was the aliens, the reptilians. Like that is what we're seeing now. Like if you put on, if you can put on the, they live glasses, if you can like us, right, we have the glasses on. So we see it, but those that are still in the, I feel like it's getting less and less people in that box. I really feel like it's the unmasking this year. Like more and more people are stepping out. Like when we were skiing this weekend during, I thought it was going to be dead because Super Bowl. it was still packed at three. Like, people were, like, probably thinking like us. Oh, no, you know, everyone's going to be watching Super Bowl. Let's go ski. You know, sure. I wonder what the ratings sure. were this year. I, I bet they were down. Sure. <laughs> I can't tell you that. But I heard, yeah, Biden on the big screen. Like, I saw a replay of that and, and, and telling that we need more black coaches and we need, like, it's just gotten so ridiculous. Um, it's kind of great. I think it's kind of great because I think people are way more tuned in to watch something like this now than watch CS My C A S Miami or whatever primetime on CBS, you know. So it is we're 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 witnessing the the collapse of the empire. I really believe that. Um and I know you kind of recently woke up to all this. Is that right, Tommy? Like you kind of that's what you, I've heard you in a couple interviews where it really yeah. wasn't until the pandemic that you started to really get vocal about this stuff.
2: Yeah. So I've been in the field for 20 plus years. Right. And so I've seen what allopathic stands for. I've seen the tricks they pull and I've been very much against. I lost a brother. Uh, he's on my forearm now, but he was in the Western psychiatric world and, and I have a podcast on the dark side of psychiatric meds. So I got to, and I trained his psychiatrist for two years. So I got to pick his brain and see how the fu- how, how could you possibly do what you do in the way you do it? And he's not doing it any out of, out of deviancy. He's taught that in the schools. He gives me his textbook that he learned from, and it's published by Pfizer. I'm like, how does that even? Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, this just doesn't even make any sense. So I've been very much against what they stand for, what they're doing. Now, March 12th. If you remember, March 13th was the day. It was Friday the 13th, right? Oh, my God, this whole thing's coming. We're going to lock down, you know, flatten the curve, all this bullshit. Well, come Monday, I immediately was like, you know, I I feel it's all theories. I feel germs don't make you sick. I just this is how I live. So this whole I I don't even care what you think it is. Still not going to get me because I'm going to put myself in the best position possible. And nothing gets us like we're just an expression. So you're not going to it doesn't make any sense but i didn't know the extent of it and then i heard dr kelly brogan on march 17th she posted a video and it was in her ways right in her glorious beautiful she's just sitting there all calm and she's just dropping laser beams just laser beams out of her eyes about villainizing an invisible you know terror and this whole thing and i shared that video and i was like wow this is brilliant and the hate i received i was like wait, what the hell is going on? I mean, I I was hated, hated, she was hated. And then I started to pull back the curtain on, I didn't know anything about any of the deep state stuff, anybody behind it, big ag, big tech, big, you know, banks. Like I knew everything was kind of corrupt. I didn't know they'd all coalesce to come together to take down the world into whatever you want to say. You know, I didn't know the extent, and I still don't know because as I said, if I'd, if I chose to, I've, it would, I don't know if I could handle it. You know what I mean? It's not something I want to do right now. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on this over here. So the big pharma part, very aware of for a long time, uh, everything else, no, everything else kind of blending together. The great reset agenda, 21 event, 201 agenda, 2030, holy shit. I had no idea here we are. And this is what I'm fighting for.
0: <laughs> Beautiful yeah the uh, yeah good for you i think it's time people it's like hey guys it's time to have the holistic sensibility how it's all connected it's time that people come to realization these aren't conspiracy theories it's there it's right in front of our face the black magicians are doing it right in front of us like they're putting it out in all their literature this is it it's like this is the time you're going to go that way you're going to go this way it's very simple now, and um, you're just very effective on your Instagram and stuff. You're funny, and I, you know, it's, it, we, we, one of our partners, Bear's son, who's uh, an artist down in LA, is like, you got to get this guy Tommy John on AlphaCast. I'm like, I know who Tommy is. He's like, oh man, he's crushing it on Instagram. He's so fun. So I mean, oh, cool, good. That's the good thing. Is like, we can have fun. Like right. they're not having fun anymore.
2: No. You know? No, and that that I I think that's what, and I, I'm glad you you said that because sometimes I'll even, in a fit of passion, be like, oh, what did I say? Like, I honestly sometimes don't even know. You remember in uh, old school when Frank the Tank debates debates, and he like blacks out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like me sometimes. I black out. I'm like, wait, what did I say? I was just in a stream of conscious thought. I didn't even. I just went, you know, or unconscious, subconscious thought, like whatever. But uh, I think there is that humorous side. I think there is a uh, like life should be lived like patch adams was a real you know like 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 disaster is funny in a manner like i'm talking about my brother's death and i'm sharing about how he tried to kill himself and the scenario is hilarious like there's some there's some parts of it that are like wait this is life like this is real this is something that should be felt and it's not denial or anything else but if you look at it it's almost like a fair uh, not fairly a uh, cohen brothers like movie, like just Mm -hmm. so dark and like what that you almost have to laugh. But then while laughing and being aware, okay, let's take action. Let's do some stuff that we can control because we can't, can't worry about all that we can't control, but what can we? And that was the part that somebody said, you have this knack of getting this point across in a comical, uh, passionate way that sinks home rather than just dumping data you know what I mean? And I'm just not a data guy as it is. I can't fucking stand it. Like I can't stand it because you can just tweak it and make it anything you want to the data is the person. Let's follow the person or let's go into the people. What's going on around me? What's going on in my, going on with people that I know? Hey, Dr. Northrup, Dr. Tenpenny, Sayer, Dr. Cowan, Dr. Kaufman, Kelly, you know, like all of you, Dr. Brogan, all that. Like what's going on? What do you guys learn and what do you guys see and what's going on? And then now in a manner of, they keep poking that sleeping. It's almost like that. You said it like now it's just like every day. All right. Now, the hubs have been off. We have to pull. This is you no, know, I talked to Dr. Northrop yesterday. She's like, there's no more. There's no more. Like if you can't see it now, there's just no hope for you. And we're just going to let you go. And we're going to go over here on this side. And if you want to join us, you can, but that's it. <laughs> We've, we're coming up on a year here of all this stuff and it's just so i appreciate that i'm glad uh i'm glad that was the response because i do get death threats and i get the uh (laughs) my dad should die i should die uh you know the whole bit so some sad scared people for sure
1: oh man the cohen it's amazing it You know, it's understandable why people don't want to know this stuff. I mean, it's kind of ugly and it's unbelievable. And what goes over most people's head is there's actually predators amongst us. And, uh, you know, I'd rather just talk about baseball, surfing. And, you know, I'd rather just be training my martial arts and going to the gym and seeing my buddies. I mean, you know, that's kind of regular life. Uh, but you know, we're kind of backed into a corner now where if we don't know certain things, it could be real hazardous to our health. You know, I've been traveling in circles for a long time where we've actually been trying to educate people to what's going on for a long time. And everything that we talked about, you know, has come true and you know, you're absolutely right. If people can't see it now, forget about it. In fact, uh, you know within some groups that I work with uh, not that long ago we just said okay don't even bother trying to educate people anymore people have made their decision so now our efforts are you know focused at solution what yeah. are we going to do about it that's what we're trying to do on uh, on our little podcast here you know just kind of share right. our experience and and through that you know I'll tell people, look, you're not just a piece of meat. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of disease you've been diagnosed with. You have a lot to say about it. And, uh, it, you know, maybe that's even a good segue into some of your work because I know you're very accomplished in uh, performance in sports medicine. And, and I might be terming that wrong, but you um, want to share a little bit uh, why you've had such success in that.
2: Yeah, so I, I think my biggest, <laughs> my my secret is that I don't know anything. <laughs> I think I, I, I admit, like I, I'm still a student and I'm 20 years into this. Like I'm still learning stuff from patients who come in where I'm like, my God, I haven't seen that ever. Like this is, this is incredible. The human being is immeasurable, it's infinite. It's, we mm-hmm. know this, right? So yeah. I'm, I follow my people, not me dictating where I'm gonna put you or where I think you should go based on your label or whatever the hell you've got pressing. Like, no, your story is totally unique to you, your temperament, your energy, your emotions, your sleep, your thoughts, your beliefs, the people you hang out with your nourishment, all that has to come into play to heal the grade two ankle sprain, which can heal. That's a freaking joke. Like physical healings. Are you kidding me? That's a joke. Everything can heal. That's a flat out joke. It's all the other stuff that goes into play. And here I had somebody over the course of 10 years ago go, you're talking about my shin splints like they're cancer. And I was like, well, to your immune system and to your system, it's no different. Cancer is no different than acne. It's just an expression of what the body's doing to detoxify itself. Why do we have to itemize and compartmentalize all this stuff? And if your shin splints are an emotional load that your immune system has to go and your nutrition is, and you have a past PTSD attached to that movement. Now, all of a sudden there's trauma and it's imprinted on your nervous system. You're damn right. Your shin splints are like cancer. Now let's take some seriousness and let's go if you want to. (laughs) And that's moving forward. So I think the biggest thing for that is one and like trying to get people to trust me that I don't heal you. There is no passive treatment that I can do that will fix you at all. It's all you and within you and expressing you. And you have to admit, these people have to admit on day one, this is a good thing. And you guys have experienced it is they have to list. They love listing all their practitioners, holistic or otherwise. They love it. All the passive treatments, holistic or otherwise. They love their list of stuff. And I need them to admit, is any of that working? And as soon as they say no, now they're ready to do exactly the opposite of what they've done, holistic or otherwise, because there's a lot of holistic junk out there as well. You guys know this. So that's like my thing is I I'm still learning at 20 years in everybody's. I treat the story. Dr. Kelly Brogan and Callan and Dr. Cassie Huckabee, you guys know her. She, like they treat the story of the person, not the thing, even in sports medicine or, or, or soft tissue injuries. You're not a herniated disc. You aren't an MCL spring. You aren't a AC, whatever, whatever they call it. It's not. And then when you come in, we are globally treating everything all together, which is basically you putting yourself in that position actively to get into a, a state of healing better because every trauma and an injury is an opportunity to be better. If you aren't better after an injury, something is wrong with you and your approach to it. That is an option to get better, to improve. And we had a trauma in 2020. That's another thing. We should level up, which we know we are. This is no different. So somebody comes in with an ankle sprain, fix it and get better. None of this like, oh, manage anything. We're not managing anything. We're putting them in positions to come back better, bigger, stronger, faster, connected, more, more evolved than we ever were before. And I don't care if you're 86 with MS and osteoporosis. The same holds true for you because the force that's in the 12-year-old is in the 86-year-old. We just need enough time. And sometimes the body will die at 67 when it would have healed that chronic condition at 79. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're all right, but the system doesn't, the, 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 The way we work isn't, and so that's why we've got 10-year-old in my office, 71-year-old replaced tip, pro athlete, 43-year-old Potter, you know, a 16-year-old who wants to play college tennis but doesn't really care. We've got all of them all next to each other, all moving like back when we were babies.
1: Oh, yeah, And the cool thing about athletes, when you do treat athletes, is they have a different mentality. They're just going to get better because they say, well, I I can't stop playing my sport, You know, um, every person that I used to see back in my career days, the first thing I would tell them, they come in with all this horrible stuff. And I just on day one, say, you don't need me. I can't heal you. I'm going to coach you.
2: Right. And
1: when you heal yourself someday, you're going to look back and say, oh, I get what you're talking about. Right. And, you know, they would come in with referrals from other people that had had success with us and, uh, you know, had this whole notion that somehow we're going to, you know, make all their karma go away. And, uh, you know, also on a, on a level being a practitioner, I also used to make no bones about it. And to this day, you know, I still, after 40 years plus years of being in the medical business in one form or the other, um, I feel like I'm just now able to be a good student, but every patient that I would see, because, you know, my whole thing was to learn from it and, you know, you teach what you need to learn most. But everybody I got would always kind of push the envelope for me. You know, just when I thought I got something wired and, oh, I know how to deal with that. Somebody for sure would show up and they go, "Okay, you know, bring it on. What are you going to do? And and then it makes you it makes you really walk your talk and and dig down. So being a practitioner can be challenging. But if you relieve yourself of the burden that you're a healer, which I always hated that term, um, you know, then it can actually be kind of fun. It's a journey. And I never looked at myself as a doctor. I always thought of myself more as a coach.
2: Right. Right. I love mm. it.
1: Yeah. And Tommy,
0: you, you hit the nail on the head when you say that injury is an opportunity. I love that outlook. I I mean, really, it's all about life, right? Like, why are we here? We're here to play the game. Where Bear and I talked about this on the end of our 2020 wrap up about taking chances, and, and, and it's not about safety. It's about going out and like thriving. And in and, and sometimes, like, I got a one wheel for Christmas. We talked about this briefly, and I ate it hard already on it. My my family never wanted me to get one. Do you know what those are? It's like the the skate one wheel thing that the, goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're like surfing on pavement, right? It goes like 20 miles an hour, and I'm like, I want one. I don't care. I want one they wouldn't get me one because they're like two grand i'm like i'm not gonna i feel guilty buying one of those holy
2: for they're two thousand dollars
0: yeah the the good one's two grand so i'm like feel guilty right but i'm like right. finally they all went on it and got me it this year because i've been a good boy and um and anyways of course i my wife's like you got to wear a helmet and i wouldn't wear one and the one time i wear it i ate it hard so thank god i had my helmet on but that is why we're here. We're here to play the game and to have like have adventure, right. And have fun. And, and so universe gives us injuries for a reason. And, you know, we say that the only state of disease, we know germs don't come and get you that that's nonsense. Like you don't, you don't catch things as you were saying, but there are things that happen to us that cause us issues. And injury is one of the big ones. Yeah. and, but I love that. That's like, it's an upgrade. Um, it's in, and and maybe all these injuries are lined up for us and our fate for our life in the same way that your injury was lined up to teach you about allopathic medicine so that you could go down your path, your, your, your goal, your, your soul contract, if you will, that you signed, wasn't to be your, your, the next step of your father and be a pro athlete for 20 years. You're doing it right now by doing Matthew McConaughey jokes (laughs) and waking people up, which is a massive importance right now. So my point of all this is that people need to get over the damn victimization. Yes. And see, this as like, wow, like sweet. I mean, I still got the scabs from weeks ago that fall, and I look yeah. at those and I go, okay, well, I'm not going to do that again. So, okay. So <laughs> but, Mike,
1: why haven't, why haven't I got to play on this one wheeler thing? You never even talked about it.
0: Well, dude, I don't want you to hurt yourself, man. You gotta be, be you gotta be no, video. You know,
1: remember the last time
0: we
2: need video. Go ahead. <laughs> dude, they're
0: fun, man. I'm going to take it on the redwoods. I'm, I'm getting the, the, the guards and stuff, but I'm going to take it through the redwoods up here through the trails. Just so fun. It so can fun. go off road can go fully off-road it's like a
2: big oh, wow.
0: big inflated tire yeah. and um and it's like snowboarding on on asphalt or surfing so you, you get that like full carving feel Do so you need, fun. you need to
2: start in like the target parking lot like we did when we were learning to drive
0: yeah right <laughs> that's the hardest way to learn to drive too you're like constantly on a turning and you're trying right. to shift <laughs> like Whoever thought of that, it's like, <laughs> I guess that's the problem with living in the suburbs or the urban environment. Right, you know? right, right. Um,
1: but anyways. I think you're kind of intimidated to have me uh, use that, Mike. You know, last time I was at Mike's last summer, he's playing uh, frisbee golf. and No, no, go, it's okay, called- Okay, I'll uh, take one shot. <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> you know, do you know this game?
0: You you live at the beach. I don't know if you ever it's played false. this. Wait, Tommy. Oh, wait no, oh, no. Wait. Cam Jam. You ever played Cam yeah, Jam? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, I love I have that not game. played. I've seen people play it and it looks awesome. It looks so fun.
0: When we lived in Redondo, I lived in Redondo beach for a number of years. Okay. So that was like where I picked it up with my homies there. So yeah. we're playing it all day at my birthday. Bear refused. He's like, he hasn't been to our house space. So he's socializing, you know, and, and just relaxing. And then right. he's about to bounce. <laughs> and I'm like, you, will you please throw it once? I'm like, it's kind of difficult. He's like, okay, one throw in the can. Like of
2: like, course he did.
0: I don't get what's so difficult about this. I'm
1: like <laughs> and
0: I'm like he just walks what out? else do I have to say? <laughs> but here's the thing with Bear Lando, and it's the same when we went shooting shotguns. Um, he gets the whole in the zone idea, which is don't think you know, every every athlete knows that, right? It's like you know you're gonna throw that curveball when you stop thinking about throwing the curveball and you just throw it. It's like me on the golf course. When I finally, when I'm putting, when I finally just stop thinking, it'll, I'll put the thing, you know, put the hole in the ball. Same with him. He just comes up. I can see what he's doing. He, with the shotgun, I got this pistol grip pump shotgun, really fun. And, and I'm like missing the targets. I've been shooting it for years. He comes up, racks it, and then waits, waits, waits. And I'm like, what the hell is he doing? And I probably, I don't know what you're doing. You're getting in the zone and then boom, right on target, Boom, right on target, like got Amazing. in his own. So Bear Lando's got a
2: You got that skill, man. It's like now riding the one wheeler a- while shooting the shotgun. That's what we got to see next. That's the Olympics. I oh, which see.
1: brings me which brings me to another movie. Do you remember the one with Val Kilmer? Uh, I think it was, it was a spy con a spoof. In the beginning of the movie, they're in Southern California. They're all on uh, surfboards. They're playing the Gidget music. Top, and they're secret. top secret. Top of secret.
0: Top
2: secret.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Already Fantastic. been done. Already been I just done. love,
2: I love that we just referenced top secret in this episode, guys.
0: Oh, dude, we can go deep down the 80s
2: movies, man. 90s movies. <laughs> That's my jam. That's my we're jam. Film,
0: we're film freaks. You know, I was a film major at school, so. Oh, are you I, serious? Yeah, I went to UC a- Santa Barbara as a film dude. major
2: total cinephile movies are my jam like before they got all i mean i like independent films but 80 that decade was was where it was at i i think stuff yeah. was
1: stuff was actually funny back then i actually had a client who was uh like the niece of omar <laughs> sharif my favorite line in the whole book is uh i mean in the whole movie is uh what phony dog poop do you remember that one <laughs> <laughs> So Omar Sharif is meeting with Val. They're doing this kind of spy connection. And Omar's pretending like he's a street vendor sending, selling these gags. And, and you know, and he's like pulling them off on Val. And he gets them on all these kinds of things. And then Val kind of reaches over and picks up. He says, oh, here's your phony dog poop. And <laughs> of course, Omar says, what phony dog poop? Anyway, you had oh, to have been how, how old was
0: Omar in that flick, man? Uh He was uh he was
1: still looking good, older though.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, Yeah, dude. Back uh, when life was fun. Yeah, exactly. Back when John Candy was kicking. And like remember that? I just
2: watched Plane Trains and Automobiles two (sighs) days ago. Love that movie. Oh yeah. Classic. Yeah.
0: One of my one of my kids' favorite movies is Home Alone, and then John Candy steals the show with like, you like polka? Polka yeah. polka. I mean, it just we were talking about this on the ride home last night, yesterday. Uh, John Candy Flicks, but um, yeah, they just don't make funny movies anymore. Like uh-huh. the comedy is dead, dude. It's like no. you're not allowed to be funny anymore because of political correctness. Yeah, it's,
2: it's awful. Well, <sighs> it's, it's so awful.
1: It's, it's um, it's laughing at somebody else's expense. That's what we call comedy these days.
2: Yeah,
0: like, yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a resurg- resurgence. I think humanity comedy you know it goes all the way back to greek that was like one of the the traditional forms of entertainment right it's like an, it's, it, and it's i think it everything comes in waves i think we'll have a resurgence again i think there's going to be a younger yeah. generation going to come up and go f you like let's be funny right. again and um but right now it's just like oh man i feel bad for my kids like we watch mostly 80s movies um like my kids favorite movies are like goonies like that's oh, yeah. like they know every line in that movie and it's like you know and you know an 80s pg by the way is like an r now like top gun is pg like that would be r but now movies today people would think are horrendous like in the 80s ago i can't believe they made that like it's right, so funny right. how things change right but um yeah 80s movies we were so lucky man Grow up in that time like Dude, it was just and it's was harder to get a movie. You had to like my kids don't understand. Like you had to get in a car and go to a place and like look at a right. wall and then hope it's there. Right. And if it's not someone checked it out, you're like, damn it, it's not, yeah. it's not available right now. You know, it's something special about that. You that know? was a thrill.
2: I know. And you remember you checked the new release or you checked your movie and they didn't have it. And then you went to the return pile, like up at the desk, and you were like combing through.
0: Dude, I yeah. worked, I worked at Emerald Video. <laughs> isla Vista, 1998. I w- I was a film major working at the video rental store in a college town. I don't know if you've ever been to isla Vista or up and surfed wait, up in Santa Barbara. It's at UC Santa Barbara. Uh, wait, who owned it? Who? Oh, oh God, I can't, dude, the guy fired. I, I got fired. Was it
2: uh Persian family?
0: No, it was an old white dude with okay, like who wore a cast all the time because his he was always working the computer thing. Okay. like a yeah. wrist guard thing. <laughs> But um, Tunnel,
1: yeah, you needed carp- to see Tommy.
0: He needed to see you, bro, but dude, <laughs> I had my we each got our own like little shelf where we had our picks, picks of the week. Yeah, you know? totally. And I'd always have like the weird French expression 1930s movies, you know, but then I'd throw in like half-baked when it came out. I had that run in <laughs> right. for like 2 weeks straight.
2: I'm going to make a run but- for it, B. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that, um, but yeah, the laser disc I'd put on the Oliver Stone, uh, director, uh, you know, that was like before DVDs, right? So you'd get like the laser disc, like a platoon when he's talking over the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're talking to cinephiles here, bro. Like, this is great. Um, uh, Brett Easton Ellis's podcast. You ever listen to that when he was going great podcast, highly the writer, um, Brett Easton Ellis, you know, um, he has one of my favorite movie podcasts. I don't know if he's still doing it but highly recommend he's, he wrote, uh, uh, you know, um, American psycho, which, uh, oh, um, yeah. and, um, uh, where was his other two? He had, he's had three of his books made into movies, but, um, anyways, yeah, I highly recommend that podcast for people listening. And he's also kind of on our tip. like like okay. where culture's going. Like he was calling this years ago, um, that movies were going to end and, everybody's just into micro narratives now. Like these kids just want to see Snapchat 15 second narratives now. Like they can't sit yeah. through a movie, not yeah. my kids, yeah. not my kids. My, I got so, my kids dialed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Bear. Yeah. My kids, Well, my kids were Mike's age. So uh, in fact, that's how Mike and I uh, uh, met each other. You know, he's good friends with one of my kids, but they all grew up in that eighties period. So, so it was a fun time. So Tommy, um, you know, I'm an old hermit up in the woods here and I'm kind of out of touch what it's like to walk around an actual city. So what's it like down in San Diego? Is everybody falling for this thing or what?
2: So, um, I'm not very social. I don't go out. I connect with my people and I stay with my people. Uh, so my bar is like the beach or is Idlewild or is, you know, a, a trail, right? Like I, I just don't go out anymore. Um, But when I do walk down the street this morning, so I went to Swami's to uh, meditate, uh, had my my morning drink, came back, I passed 15 people, some by themselves, some as couples, some pushing strollers, some walking dogs, some 20-some, some some 80-year-olds, 100% as I was walking, like did this right before I got to them. So we're at 100% if we just extrapolate that out now things are open and it's a little better than LA I've heard, but still like, it's still this, this thought that this is going to do something. And that if you pass somebody that they can affect you And this whole, I mean, there's people I said, like, I'm improving the agility of America because as I'm coming, they like, (laughs) they like jab step and we'll dive into bushes. And I'm like, well, you are getting quicker and stronger and like more resilient at being able to evade a predator that sucks psychologically. <laughs> you think I'm a predator. Um, but, uh, so that, that that's where I get almost, uh, like I'll go through these waves of every day. I, I have a depressive feeling and I, and I have a, like, I, I don't belong to this. I, I almost like you, you guys, like we don't feel human. If this is human, I don't want to be this you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what you are, but I don't feel like I belong here. And then I'm like, okay, but you're here for a reason. Okay, and then, and then I just kind of flip it, um, but it's gotten, I, so here's the thing. The first wave, everyone was on board. The second lockdown, the alert came through on our phones and I happened to be in a group in my office of about 10 people and all the alerts at the same time, which they hijacked the phone with the emergency alert, which is pretty interesting. And you look at it and it goes, everyone's a lockdown second wave needs to stay in their home, like all this stuff. And everyone laughed like everybody. What is this? So that was kind of cool to see that. But these same people are the ones wearing masks outside, you know, so it just doesn't it's like there's this whole thing that people are like, yeah, it's a it's a hoax. There's no virus. But then they'll go and and. You, you know, sanitize right after like seeing something. And I'm like, ah, it just doesn't the, the continuity of, of logic. It's like they, they pick and choose parts of the truth. <laughs> like, wait, there's like human, the stream of it. And then you can't like grab what it's all like people with religion, you know, those convenience religion people where they're like, they're really Christian when it benefits them to be really Christian like, like I feel like that. Instead of just being a Christian through thick and thin and you're gonna go to the ends of it. I'm not religious at all. I'm not but like you live and die with the, with this philosophy of life. Like you go with it. The good times, the bad times, you go. People are trying to pick and choose what benefits them. And it's like, dude, I this is this is very meaning, I find they just don't really have much to stand on, right? It's like a sand foundation. They're not really sure of themselves. And it's sad to me because these are these are people that we are fighting for or trying to you know uh help by us living our way and you just see and it's just like damn so so in my yeah. small little experiment um i don't feel good I, I don't feel good about uh but then there's like gatherings and restaurants of our crew and there's no mass and we're talking about getting together and and going shooting and and where are we going to live and what community and how are you guys getting off the grid and who's growing food and who's got a bug out bag and who who's setting up, you know, portal, you guys said, right? Like what, what web-based thing are we going to do? What, what's our media outlet? Who's setting up schools? How are we doing law enforcement? How are we doing finance? How are we doing? So there's exciting stuff, but then there's in reciprocal, yeah. there's, there's some scary, you know, I heard, I heard Encinitas is actually not too yeah. bad. Encinitas is cool, man. That, that's why I said, everyone's like, are you going to stay where you're at? I'm in heaven guys, you know, you know, this Encinitas is, is heaven on earth, right? So as as long as when I'm in my apartment like I am now, I still have peace of mind and I feel safe, um, I'm good. And I've got some shit, you know, here that I- I'll be good. But yeah. until if, if something gets threatened, then and I, and I can't keep my peace of mind in my home space, I'll, I'll figure out a way to adapt.
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's um, there's reasons why the, the hospitals have become breeding grounds for superbugs. It's because they're all day long using these napalm you know, sanitizers <laughs> and uh you know, so you see those and you know, all go into town and you see the big, you know, the they have the stands with all this stuff and the mask. I mean, it's like amazing. But everybody's using this stuff and it's knocking out the the uh the normal external ecology on our body. It's just like <laughs> right. you know you kill all the ladybugs, you're gonna be overrun with aphids. So, (laughs) you know, what is it that we don't get about that? Yeah. You know, be hygienic, wash your hands, whatever, but you don't want to be sterilizing everything. Microbes are actually there for a reason and they aren't our enemies we talk about that all the time right yeah i do agree wash
0: wash your hands because i'm so radical about the having the helpful (laughs) flora that like i literally my kids you know like are on my side right they get it and we live in the woods right so my kid comes home with a, a a perfectly preserved dead um uh squirrel beautiful specimen like we don't know how it died he's just playing with it running around he's his new friend and um, lo and behold, he starts having stomach issues. And I didn't even tell you this bear. We came to the realization. What happened is he got, we think he got a parasite. And so this is one way that you can get sick is through a parasite, which is a parasite. living organism that comes in. So so um, we did the, a turpentine sugar cube cleanse. I didn't even tell you this bear. So I'm thinking this is it, or it might be the isopathic you gave us, but long story short, he went through weeks on and off of this stomach issue. And then it got to the point where it was really acute. So we did the turpentine thing. Cause I refuse, I refuse. Even my wife who's an RN was like really hesitant to take him in, right. To take him in. That's yeah. a, that sounds yeah. ominous. I'm going to take
1: him in. Right. Sort of, right. Right. <laughs> and so I'm like, Which I got it. They're going to shove a, a cotton swab up his nose and then quarantine him for the rest of his life. If he's positive sure. and yeah, you, sure. you don't want to be around those places. So, so, so Mike, just a, a quick comment, you know, we're exposed to, all those things all the time, including what we consider parasites. But if your ecology and, you know, your kids are healthy and everything, but, you know, if your ecology is vulnerable, that's the only way a parasite is going to set up shop in the first place. And then, you know, fortunately, you know how to kind of knock it out. And then on the back and, you know, look a little deeper as far as saying, well, why did he have a problem in the first place? So even parasites are not predators that are just going to jump on anybody and make everybody sick.
0: Yeah. I mean, we have a parasitic class that's in charge of the world right now and doesn't affect me. I feel like my, (laughs) my, you know, um, but I did do the sugar cube, uh, thing and, um, next, like literally woke up the next like he slept through the night. He's been all good since I did a a little treatment. It's the, um, what's her name's, uh, protocol losing Costa Rica, Dr. Uh, Daniels, Dr. Yeah. Daniels. So, (laughs) Yeah, um, we were
1: we were doing that like 40 years ago when I was first in private practice. So it's been around a long time. It's it's an old folk remedy. Yeah. And all it is awesome. is essential oil of a tree, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um but anyways, I so
0: I feel you too, Tommy. I was just skiing yeah. and everybody's outside. It's like masks keep us open. And so everybody's outside on the slopes with freaking yeah. masks on. And it's like, I ref- I mean, I put it up just to get on the lift and then take, I had like a, one of those just like right. things right. or whatever. And, and so then we're going through this, like really, um, uh, through Ashland, Oregon and there's a high school girls track or cross country team running by with the masks on. And it's like, you're, you're, you're out. Even the rules tell you you're you okay. You're outside social distancing. Like, right. It's like a weird psychological thing now where it's like, it's like almost like you got to, um. Virtue signal that you are on the good team. And even my wife, who's an RN who wears masks all the time, she's shaking her head like, What is going on in this world? You don't have wow. it's like you're 16 years old, healthy runner doing cross-country, and it's yeah. like 55 degrees out. So Lisa wasn't 90 out wearing right. a mask. And I'm just like, Will this end? Like I think they're just going to continue on and we're going to evolve and like you said get our own like thing going and then just kind of like slough off two different realities and maybe that just goes away and then it's wild bro wild right now i know i know (laughs) but also as you say it's rebirthing all these amazing things like what what you're what we're doing with cordal what i'm sure you know you're experiencing meeting like we're meeting now and like Like I could see we're, we'll be homies and like, right. End up going down there and surfing or whatnot and hanging out. Like, so there's all always, we transmute all this stuff into like beauty. Right. Cause that's what it is to be human. Um, but, uh, wild times, dude, <laughs> wild times I know. right now. I know. Oh man. I love that. Uh, Dr. Joseph Yee, of course, he's, uh, he's one of my favorites and he's another guy I know you're friends with, and he, yeah. I don't think he's on Snapchat anymore. But um, he's one of those other guys who's just amazing at um, being funny and bringing out the humor and all this. And he did that really funny video about going to Kelly Brogan and Sayers after party for the uh, the rally, the body rally (laughs) thing where he's talking about Andy Kaufman being a rock star and like all the girls around Andy Kaufman. He's like, dude, that's that um, exosome dude. He's got all (laughs) the girls and he's like in like in bottle service, like in the club, right? (laughs) Girls all around him. I mean, that's what we get out of this situation right now. Is like really that
2: was just we've, we've got uh, we've got Andy Kaufman on our Health Freedom for Humanity podcast tonight. So who hosts is Joe, myself, and Alex Zek. And oh, uh, no way. So we I have love Kaufman Alex. on. We have Kaufman on tonight, and I'm going to start off with that question. I'm going to be like, actually, uh, this was more of. A, Almost like an intervention of sorts. Uh, Joe, Andy, you guys have some some things to to handle to deal with because every time Joe talks about Andy, he forced me to drink because he did in front of me. He's like celebrating. Kaufman. okay, this is the true story. Well, this actually scoring. happened. This was this, a real after this, party. So, so this is real. We're in we're in Brogan's and Sarah's house, and we're in the kitchen, and it's all of us just everywhere, which is kind of trippy that we're all just in like one location, right? Like it's just so cool. And so they're pouring. Uh, Joe and I, you don't show up to a party empty handed. We walked from some god awful place. And we go and get a bunch of we we're like, do they drink? Like, we don't know. So we got a bunch of kombucha, like $80 of kombucha, <laughs> some hard cider, like some cider. <clears throat> and then I was like, you know what, we need at least one thing of champagne. Because it's celebration. Like Kelly put this with the thank you body rally was like 86 countries or 86, excuse me, 86 cities, 86, like all six continents. Like it was incredible what they did. Well, all of a sudden Kaufman comes in and he like goes over, looks at the champagne, it's pink champagne, by the way. He just starts opening it, pops it. And he just starts handing out keg cups to everyone. (laughs) And Joe, he hands one to Joe and Joe's like, yo motherfucker. Like I'm Korean. I can't digest alcohol. I get, like, really sick. And and Kaufman goes, it's uh, actually what you're digesting problem is acetyl dehydrogenase. And he like, named, <laughs> he, like, named the thing that he couldn't digest. And he gave it to him still. And Joe's just, like, looking at me. I'm like, bro, let's go. Like, we all had one. We're all like. Nostrovia, you know, like cheers, boom, put it down. And Joe to this day, that's where, that's where that kind of story spawned from, but I'm going to bring it up tonight. Um, they've got some discussing to do. Oh, that is so funny, bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh,
1: that's a great Andy impersonation.
2: <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, he dropped the enzyme that oh, yeah. Korean Joe is lacking. <laughs>
0: Oh That's my god. So funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll we're gonna all have to be hanging out. We're doing a uh so we do we did a festival the last uh October in uh Joshua Tree. And, yeah, I heard, yeah, and it was really great. And uh we're going bigger uh for the summer solstice and brogan and say are actually we're gonna try to come out to the, the one in Joshua Tree, but just flying was just so difficult. It was gonna yeah. be for for I think Kelly's birthday or something. <laughs> So, um, anyways, this one, summer solstice, hopefully on the eel river in the redwoods, uh, like amazing location. Oh, like, wow. Um, you know, right up the street from where they do all the Illuminati meet, sure. but, um, you know, we'll do our own sacrificial stuff. We'll be, uh, uh, you know, going deep in the forest, wearing hooded cloaks amazing. and do all that. Yeah. But no. Um, and so anyways, uh, yeah, like, uh. Uh, this, I'd love to have you up there. I'm trying to, you know, yeah. Andy was going to come to. Yeah. So just depending on flying,
2: like you can drive. Yeah, I know. So I so know like easier for Let you. Me to know. Do that. Of course. Um, and guys, I got 10 minutes left.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, that's, that's perfect. So, let's ha- let's wrap it up with um what you're up to now um if you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing not only with your podcast but also with your uh, you know your organization and all that that would be great
2: yeah i'm gonna let, let's let let's talk about that because th- this is something that it's special to be a part of it's bigger than all of us um alex zek reached out to me in a dm and I forget this last year and he's like yo do you want to start a nonprofit with me on fighting for health and medical freedom? I'm like, uh, absolutely. Like, duh. Like, what are you talking about? So we got together 20 of us, uh, Dr. Ben Tapper, Seth Gerlach, Dr. Carnes, Joe Allie, um, Johnny Juicer, Danny Parrott, Liz Glass. Wow. Um, wow. There, there's a, a whole bunch of us. Heavy hitters. Uh, and we just launched last Saturday. So the podcast is live. It's uh, excuse me. The website is live. It's healthfreedomforhumanity.org. Okay. Um, HFFH. And so we are in 5013C. Um, we have everything gone through. We've got our podcast. It's, it's Joe, Alec and I. That's one of our big things. But our biggest thing is it's like Stand for Health Freedom, Millions Against Medical Man, it's Can, Children's Health Defense. Like there's so many different organizations focusing on an angle, a particular angle. Um, we're like every walk of life represented in this where everybody's going to find a reason to want to call this home. You know, they're going to relate to at least one of us, whether it's Joe or whether it's Sarah, the naturopath or, or Melissa Cell, or Jody, who has kids who, or a vaccine injured and she healed, you know, they healed themselves. Like, like there's, everybody is there bringing them all together. Now, not only podcasts that we can expose some expert advice or uh, in anything, financial agriculture, education, and then virology and health. Right. Um. Uh. We've had Northrop Cowan, Kaufman, Sayer, Del Bigtree, um, L McPherson, like another athlete will come in. Like, so it's everybody. Right. But then we're gonna do these uh, evolve, uh, empower t- educate to empower classes on Sundays, which are basically like master classes, so that people can come with a s- desirable expert talking and share, and they'll have like action steps to be able to actually possibly start their own school or how to grow sustainable, you know, their own, their own um, garden or whatever it's gonna be. So everyone's just like, oh my God, Finally, we just wanted to bring it all together into one thing. And Alec, man, that kid, he's he's 28 years old. I'm like 15 years older than him and I'll just default to him. I'm like, bro, (laughs) this is your baby. Where do you see this going, man? And that's the thing. Every single one of us has said, this is a hill we die on. This is a hill we die on. This is a hill we die on. This is what we're fighting for. Like, it's bigger than all of us. We have all gone through all this stuff to come to this point right now to fight for what we're fighting for and live for what we're living for. And it's, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of it. Um, so yeah, Mm -hmm. that website, all our social media and everything else, and we're just getting started. So we're infants crawling, but like (laughs) about to start sprinting (laughs) in this nonprofit.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. I I'm a big fan of Alec. I, we, we did some uh, spoon bending together on a class. Yeah. And he said, (laughs) and uh Edith Edith's class right yeah. Wasn't it her? yeah yeah and that's fantastic uh, and i want to get him on this podcast for sure i'm so glad is he out of the military yet i know he was he march was close okay march so he yeah. still
2: has to tread that lightly yeah totally
0: um <laughs> Well, that's we're going to do everything we can. Let us know how we can help. We'll obviously put the show uh, in the show notes here. We'll put links that's to awesome. all of that. Um, Thank and you. you know, eventually uh, with Cordal, we'll be able to host websites decentrally so you cannot be taken down, uh, censorship, you know, proof. So, um, that is going to be huge moving forward, right? As we know what their plans are with that great yep. reset. Um yep. but um. That is so, so amazing. So um, we'll be definitely checking out the podcast and um, hopefully, I don't know, man, what do you, where do you see traveling going? I mean, you traveled out to Miami for the Thank You Body Rally. How was that? I mean, you wore a mask the whole time, like no, six hours? No, so or? I,
2: I don't wear a mask in the airport. I threw up one. I have a V for Vendetta mask. They didn't let me get through security with, and I was like, okay, fine. So then I had my Daniel LaRusso karate headband, so I threw that over my nose <laughs> And then I opt out. So they have to check me. And so I'm just standing there. And then right as soon as I'm done getting checked, I just take it off and I'm walking around. Nobody says anything when you're in the airport getting on the plane. I just pulled it up, got on the plane. Now on the plane, they're all over me. Ah, And I'm like, okay, um, fine. And then I learned that if you're sipping a tea, they don't do anything. Clients of mine have told me they keep a sucker stick in their mouth, Um, a sucker stick. And you can't, if you're eating all of a sudden the virus isn't dangerous and they don't mess yeah. with you. So if you just like display pretzels on your tray stand,
0: and you pretzel. just
2: literally make this chewing movement, you don't have to eat the pretzels just chew. Like it's, it's just <laughs> the stupidest wow. thing, but there were others like looking at me, like almost like not you heathen, dangerous <laughs> lunatic, but like, man, I wish I could do that. You, you can <laughs> and so if it gets, if it gets to the point to where a tester vax, I won't fly again. That's just it. And guess what? That means we road trip baby.
0: Yeah. Until they have the border checks, but no,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> um, on the uh, summit we're working on with Josh Del Sol and alpha Vedic and Bear, and all of us are featuring it. We've um, Oh gosh, what's her name? Who's working on the, um, this is bad that I can't remember her name right now. She's working on the freedom airlines, um where Dolores Cahill Dolores Cahill, Cahill right? she's yeah we're yeah. featuring her on the summit and she's That's working awesome. on that so there's always solutions you know yes. as long as we have a free market, enough of a free market and stuff yep. um um but yeah the Ralph Macchio thing you I, I worked with Ralph Macchio actually on a uh in when I worked yeah I, I, you're a Ralph Macchio fan too right or
2: I'm a Karate Kid part one two and three fan and then I'm a Cobra Kai Cobra Kai series fan Cobra kai, Cobra hold on i'm a cobra kai series fan i've That's seen it. the three seasons twice through wonderful
0: there i don't know if you know that but <laughs> it's a hilarious youtube uh series about um the dude that was like the bad guy in karate kid yeah. which is his name who yeah. th- it follows his life john lawrence yes um, come on yeah. yeah you're aware you're aware so i worked with ralph macchio uh <laughs> on a short and became homies with them and everyone called me as a kid i looked just like i'm growing up as a skinny little kid so everyone called me uh daniel's son my whole life so it
1: was kind of fantastic so anyway i like i like his movie uh crossroads where he's yeah. shredding and then he you know he, yeah totally. that was a good one
2: Guitar, anyway man. hey we don't want to keep you too long but this is this 30s. has been
1: awesome uh just guys, a lot of fun rock. just a great change thank
2: of pace for us. thank you so much Of course. Hey,
0: Tommy, we'll have to kick it when we come down there and do some surfing and hang out, and uh, we'll have you back on the show in some future time to follow up and see how everything's going with everything you're doing, man. Excellent. I
2: appreciate that. For sure. Hit me up. I'll bring my
1: Donald Takayama surfboard.
2: (laughs) We got to have a catch. We'll have a catch on the beach, man. There we go. There you go. love it.
0: (laughs) Okay, brother.
2: All right, guys. Be good. You too. See ya. Okay. Bye.
0: Thanks. Uh that was a fun one. Um I like doing these more relaxed kind of discussions with guests, you know? It doesn't have to be all about bugs or some specific esoteric thing or um I hope people enjoyed this as a little different um kind of vibe than some of our other alpha casts, but I I love Tommy. He's a he's a great person to have on this planet, huh? And
1: baseball baseball is a good metaphor for all of life. You know, there's a whole esoteric side of baseball. Uh, I, I forget a book I read a long time ago about how sports were brought to humanity by other, uh, elements of intelligence, we'll say, you know, for our own evolution. And there was, uh, baseball was one of those devices that actually had, um, good attributes that were important for the development of humanity in a bunch of different levels, a whole really cool discussion, you know, we ought to get into someday. And myself, you know, I I opted for football instead of baseball. It's the one regret I have in life. But I believe that um, the fall of America began when the national pastime changed from baseball to football. You know, we went from this great American pastime where we're up in the stands, you know, people are socializing, having a great time. Uh, you know, to this day, uh, you know, the only sports events I've ever been to in my life were baseball games. You know, my wife was, uh, I mean, not my wife, my mom was a baseball nut. So she'd take us out the candlestick. And that was back in the early 60s when you had Orlando Cepeda at first, Willie McCovey, wow. uh, or, uh, Willie Mays. Willie Mays was like my absolute hero, still is to this. I mean, he's just, I think, the most amazing athlete of all time. That was my mom's, uh, you know, my mom's was favorite
0: just, player too, Willie Mays.
1: Yeah, just uh, and, 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 and an amazing thing. The highlight of my life is when I was in high school, I played the summer league. It was called the Joe DiMaggio League, and we had some good uh, baseball talent where I grew up. And the Joe DiMaggio League was uh, like sort of like the the high school all stars, you know, that would all show up in the summer, play the summer league. We also had aspiring pros. So, you know, for the first time, I'm, you know, batting against these guys who are throwing BBs at me. And, but we were sponsored by the San Francisco Giants. So we got to wear their old uniforms and those were the uniforms where they had the old Woolies, you know, and they didn't have the the names on the back. But if you open up the lapel, they had, um, uh, you know, just embroidered the player's name. So I had number, I was a center fielder and uh, I had number 24, you know, and you open it up it was like Willie Mays. And I mean, that wow. was like, to me, It was like, uh, it was like God back then, you know? So anyway, that's my baseball story. A lot of fun, a lot of good ball players, a lot of good memories and baseball. Uh, I am, I think America will make the turn around the corner for the better when baseball once again, uh, surpasses the popularity of, uh, football. And I think that might be happening. That's, um, that's a cool theory. I like
0: that. Um, you know, a lot of people say baseball is really boring and, um, old fashioned, but it's a game of strategy. And I think there is a lot of symbolism or a lot of, um, connection, microcosms to reality, to life and how to live it appropriately. And one of them is patience, right? Patience is a virtue and baseball. It's waiting for the ball to get to you and knowing when to strike and, um of course reaching third base and all that stuff of course but um relationships wise but um yeah no obviously um a huge baseball fan my whole life and um there's something about it that really breaks my heart to not really have it anymore but that's okay um you know i i i feel like you're you're on something there bear i feel like when we get yeah. that back yeah. um you know i'm trying to but, th- uh, remember the james earl jones quote from field of dreams
1: Baseball, yeah, where he starts, he says baseball, yeah, and he goes about the you know, the sky. And that's you know, baseball to me. My experience was I used to look forward to baseball practice and I used to look forward to the season. You know, you'd get out there, it would be early spring, uh, the smell of the grass, the smell of your baseball glove. You know, you you remember just like putting your (laughs) face in the baseball glove. And, and it was just fun. It was great. You know, you'd have conditioning, but it was fun. When I made the transition to football, I'd be out there in the middle of two days saying to myself, what the F am I doing this for? So, uh, but anyway, uh, that's another story. Well, <laughs> my one regret in life, I should have stuck with baseball and I wouldn't have had to have bulked up like 9 million pounds and ruined my body forever uh you know for everything else thereafter. You know, it's just all the injuries and heavy weight lifting and you know, not well, the best thing for your body in the long run.
0: Like Tommy's story though, maybe you would have been a pro baseball player and like not be where you are today as a practitioner. You would have literally been that doctor from Field of Dreams who we remember played by um God, what's his name? The uh, famous, burt uh, Bert Lancaster That was my
1: favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Favorite right? scene. Where- Steps over the line and all of a sudden he's got his uh, dress shoes on and the shirt and he's got, get a little doctor bag and yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, that was, that's perhaps my favorite movie of all time.
0: Oh such a tearjerker too like it gets me every time i watch that with my kids once a year one of my favorite movies of all time and of course it gets panned by the critics as sentimental and silly and you know uh meanwhile those are the types of films we need more and more than ever i mean build it and they will come seize the
1: moment or whatever that the the voice so many things and Um, then of course the scene in the auditorium at the town meeting when his wife is uh uh, what's her name? Holly Hunter? Was that her? Not Holly Hunter, but um, I, I'm blanking right now. But she's
0: talking about anyway, the book burning and everything.
1: But she gets out the Ava the Braun and the book burning. That would probably be uh, censored, you know, in this day and age. But uh, here we are. We're we surpassed uh, Nazi Germany in book burning at this point. Okay. Hey, Michael, this was unbelievable. You know, I too, I'm supposed to be on another Zoom meeting with a bunch of doctors in Europe. Uh, you know, for that video yeah. collage that I'm part of. And cool. I was supposed to be on that about 35 minutes ago. I'm going to jet and uh, see if I can still hop on that. Cool. And, I uh, will let you go. I've curves. got Pacific Power yeah. here now to come look at my uh,
0: meter because I refuse to have a digital smart meter. So he's coming to, to look at it and read my meter. So I'm going to go say hi to him and appreciate him. Uh, and, uh, we will see you guys next week for another alpha cast. And thanks so much for joining us today. We love you. Get outside, grow something, get your feet dirty, go on a hike. Nature is the best healer and we will see you next time. Thanks.